Sunday night, and we're talking about the end of time. When is it going to happen? Jim, do you know how long it is till the end of time? Well, yes, I, the Lord talked to me the other day. And he said it's going to be on March the 4th, uh, 2032. you believe that? No. <laughs> we don't believe. Wait, no man knows the day nor the hour. What that means is no man knows the exact time, but the Lord said you'll know the season. I'll give you these things about the season that's going to happen when the end of time is coming. Several things about the end of time. The condition of the earth. The Bible says that at the end of time in Luke 21, 25, There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. We've gone through the sun. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give her light. The moon not giving her light and the moon turns to blood are the same thing. Moon. This is not what John Hagee says. Moon turns to blood. equals moon not giving light. The moon only reflects, the only light we get from the moon is reflecting from the sun. Now the sun's not going to dim. When the Bible says the sun turns to darkness, it's the same thing he told Micah, that the sun will go down over the prophets. That means, and God says, you'll not have any vision anymore. So when the sun goes down over the prophets, that's the same thing as saying the sun is going to be darkened because there'll be, that's just a way of equating no truth or very little truth at the end of time. That's where we are. That's a sign. That's the, that's, over there in Second Thessalonians, if you want to look at it one more time. Second Thessalonians. These are verses that I always go to when I'm teaching on prophecy at the end of time. Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, and the second chapter about the end of time. I didn't even mean to go here. Somehow I said it. But here in Second Thessalonians... Here's one of the signs of the end. Now, the Bible's talking about in the first chapter about Christ coming back, and he says in verse 7, And you who are troubled, a form of philebo, narrow way. Philebo, same word as narrow. Or thelipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. Narrow. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Those of you who are troubled in the narrow way, rest with us. Kataposis. There's the Sabbath right there. Kataposis. That's a construction of pause. Kata down. That means to settle down. Once in a while when 
Her grandson's at the house making noise. Mary will say, cut off pauses. That means rest. And this is a word that was connected with the Sabbath in Hebrews, the third and the fourth chapter. It was the same thing as the Sabbath. Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's the end of time. And in fact, you'll find that end. You, this is the same thing when he's revealed with his mighty angels in flaming fire. It says the basic same thing over here in Revelation this is the way Revelation puts it. Revelation, the 19th chapter, says it like this. Revelation 19, Christ is coming back, verse 11. I saw heaven opened, and bowed a white horse. It doesn't mean he's coming back on a literal white horse. All kings in the first century, when they were going into battle, rode a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. That is the reason to it. Let me read on here. And on his head were many crowns. What's he doing wearing crowns on his head? A lot of crowns, not just one. He is Lord of all he's king of the world back at that time at that time the romans got this from the got this from the persians and the babylonians they called themselves the whole purpose of this many crowns on his head they called themselves kings of kings. That's what they called themselves. Because they would what I do oh here it is. They would be ruling the world when Rome would be ruling. They'd be ruling from Rome, right here. There's Rome. There's the boot of Italy. They'd rule, say, Macedonia. They would rule Israel. When they ruled Israel, they would let Israel rule themselves until they got out of hand. I've told you the story when, when the Syrian king, when he came down here, the uh, Antiochus Epiphanes came to Egypt to conquer Egypt, Rome was ruling all the civilized world. So they sent an emissary to intercept Mr. Antiochus Epiphanes. And he got a message. He was going to come down here and attack Egypt and try to take over Egypt. When he came down, you can find this in the 11th chapter of Daniel. He headed that way, but he got a message from Rome. Back off. And he said, in the Roman legion... The head of these troops came down and said, meet me on the island. They call that Chittim, C-H-I-T-T-I-M. But it's what we call Cyprus. He said, you meet me there. So he came down to Cyprus, 
met with this boss general from Rome. And the general said, you don't do anything. I, we are the kings of you and all the other kings in the world. We rule sovereignly. You don't attack Egypt. Do you understand? And Antiochus Epiphany said, gritting his teeth, just going, and then the Roman general told him, I want to draw a circle around you. Around you. I'll draw this circle. And you promise me you will not attack Egypt. If you do, we will level you. And boy, he gritted his teeth and went, all right, this is an example of the kings of kings. So he gritted his teeth and comes back up here and attacks Israel and desecrates the temple. That's an illustration of how they were the king of kings. Jesus comes back with a crown on his head. He's the king of all the kings. He don't have one crown. He's got the crowns of the world on his head because he is the king of kings. So let's go back over here to the 19th chapter. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns because he's the king of kings. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Now these people want to say God's name is Yahweh. Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H. That's a tetragram that was dug up by some archaeologists. And men, naturally, they just stuck some vowels in it. Y-E-H-W-A-H. The, there are no vowels in the Hebrew language. There are vowel points. So it's Y-H-W-H. And a Y, when translated into English, is J. H and V's and W's are exactly the same shape except for the vowel points. So J H V H would be Jehovah is the same thing as Yahweh. So these people say, Don't you don't talk about what really amazes me? They'll say, His name is Yahweh. Well, if you're going to use a Hebrew word for 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 uh, for Jehovah, why don't you just use the rest of the Hebrew language? Huh? Why you just just change one of them? It's Jehovah. They'll say it's not Jesus. It's Joshua or it's Yeshua. Yeshua. Why not take every other word in the Hebrew language? Jesus' name is E A. S-O-U-S. Iesus in the Greek. Gosh, if you're going to change one word, why don't you change all of them and speak Hebrew, huh? It's re- I don't know why they want to just take Jesus and Jehovah and make that a Hebrew name, a Hebrew word. Joshua has the same meaning as Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah saves. That's what it means. Now, where was I? He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. These people say that Yahweh is his name. What about Isaiah the ninth chapter? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Why don't you pray in the we pray in the name of wonderful? In the name of the word of God. We're not going to sit around and talk about semantics, whatever that means. What arguing over whether we should use Jehovah or Yahweh. We're not going to do that. And then he goes on to say his name is called the Word of God. And he comes back. Let's read on down here. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Are, are the angels going to come back on white horses? They put this in here because God put it in here because he couldn't say jet planes or couldn't say they didn't have any jet planes back then. That was a sign of royalty going into battle, white horses. When you see a white horse in the first horse of Revelation, the sixth chapter, and the and he has a white horse shows that that would be at the end of time, the beast, because it's the beast trying to conquer. I'm not going to go into that. It's because you've got sword, famine, pestilence, the following three horses. So the first one has to be the beast coming at the end of time, trying to rule the world. Now, let's read on down here so we can see what I was showing you. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, with it he would smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He talks about the rod of iron in the third chapter of Revelation. Those that overcome, he gives us a rod of iron. That's the same thing as the word of God in Hebrews 1 and 8. We have a scepter of righteousness. That's the rod. The word scepter is the word rabdos, R-A-B-D-O-S. That's a ruling rod, the OS. And that's what we have is a scepter of righteousness. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God. That's the same thing. When you back up, when he's treading the winepress, you go back to the 14th chapter of Revelation. I'm trying not to spend too much time on this because I've got to get back to the signs of the end. In verse 18, chapter 14, another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud voice that had the sharp sickle saying, Thrust in thy sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. This is talking about gathering the people against God and against Jesus and against his people. When they start to attack Jesus the way you attack Jesus, is you attack his wife, his bride. And the angel thrust in his sickle in the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city. There's another illustration of the word without. Without the city or outside the city. And the blood came out of the winepress unto the horse bridles by a space of a thousand six hundred furlongs that's not talking about it, the blood will be that deep. It means it was splashing that high. You couldn't get a valley in the world where you could get blood running up to the bridle of the horses. They'd not, not, there's not that much blood in the world in some valley. So he's talking about splashing up. So the same period of time. This is the end of time. I keep saying to you, Revelation is not a chronological 
uh, line of events. It's not one happened after the other. You're going to find the end of time here. You're going to find the end of time when Christ comes back there in Revelation 19. And he treads the winepress and he hath on his vesture on his thigh. Verse 16 of chapter 19. A vesture on his thigh, a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That goes with the many crowns in verse 12. Now, this is also the time period of Armageddon. Armageddon is mentioned one time, one time in the 16th chapter when he's talking about verse 14. Well, let's read. This is the... Uh, drying up of the Euphrates in verse in verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water was dried up. We saw the water dried up in the Old Testament, the 44th chapter of Isaiah, and right beginning into the 45th chapter, that's the Euphrates drying up. The whole point of the Euphrates drying up, the whole point of it is the Euphrates River was the most important river in that area of the world at that time. See if I can find a... Euphrates comes down here. Here it is. Here's Euphrates. And it meets with the Tigris. So the missionary, of the missionary Journeys of Paul has a better map of the Euphrates. Okay, Missionary Journeys of Paul. Yeah, I'll tell you one. Okay. That one. Hi, this one. Well, it, no, you can't no, see it. Go on more. Go on more. Huh? Go on more. Go on one. There you go. Okay, here you are. Yeah, that's good. Uh, here's the Euphrates. This is the Tigris. Euphrates River was the river that they shipped everything throughout the civilized world at that time. That's because they had Babylon on the Euphrates River. And one, that's one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. They learned to run these they constructed these uh, sewerages and the and these aqueducts where they piped their water through and watered all of their flowers and their plants and it looked like a lush garden if you're coming from a distance. It was fourteen miles, fourteen miles by fourteen miles by fourteen miles. Looking at it from the air, fourteen on every side, fourteen miles. And you can see the water running down through there, the Euphrates. You can see these flowers and these plants blooming everywhere. And they shipped them all around the civilized world at that time. So when you see the Euphrates drying up, you see it drying up in Isaiah 44 and 45. And at the end of time, you see the Euphrates drying up here. And, that, and it tells you what the drying up is. I've tried to explain to you. The drying up is all the goods that it ships throughout the world. And what it ships is found over there in the 18th chapter. And it talk, tells you all about the goodies that they ship throughout the world. This is another picture of the end of time. When you read the 18th chapter, you see all the goods that they had in the first century. That's going to equate. This is going to be end of time equals the destruction of economy. Oikonomia. 
Economy. C-O-N-O-M-Y. Try to spell what I'm writing. I can't only really do it. All right. End of time equals the destruction of the economy. That's going on over there. And all of this is going to happen along with the destruction of the of all of the upheaval of the weather like Luke 21 25 there's not one sign of the end there's many signs of the end you're going to have the economy destroyed these people who say we're not having problems with the economy they're out of their minds we owe 20 trillion dollars on the American budget national budget there's no way that could be paid. That goes along with the drying up of the Euphrates. That's what it's talking about. Over here, this Euphrates was dried up when Cyrus, the king of Persia, came in. And Babylon said, we can't be conquered. We're too powerful. We are a fortress that's... Babylon is a picture. They built Babylon on the sandbanks of the Euphrates River. This is building your house on the sand. So Cyrus says, I can conquer Babylon. It comes up here north of Babylon, dams up the river, runs the river out here. This, this is not just Bible in Isaiah 44 and 45. This is also, this is also in Herodotus. You want to get a really good set of books. If I believe they're reprinted. Herodotus. Herodotus. Herodotus was the father of history. He's got two volumes. He'll tell you all about the Euphrates being dammed up and diverted. It was like a... Evidently, he, he dammed it up and then ran it out here into the desert so, and how much can you run into the desert? There's millions, hundreds of millions of square miles in the Arabian Desert. So you can run all of it you want to. It dried the Euphrates up. Cyrus marches down the river, walks in. Belshazzar is parting with the instruments of the house of the Lord over there in the fifth chapter of Daniel. And Cyrus says, you're under arrest and you're going to die tonight. And he did. Now, all right, where was I? All right, now, it's the drying of the Euphrates. The drying of the Euphrates goes along with economy. If we're having problems with the economy, that is the drying up. I brought this out before, but when you get into the economy, the economy has to do with the earth heating up, when the earth heats up, men are not going to, when it gets too hot to work and the earth is going to heat, it's heating up. Here's what gets me about the greenhouse effect. You can read about it and the Democrats have a, they have a platform. The Republicans have a platform. Anything that Republicans say, the Democrats uh, disagree with. Anything the Democrats say, the Republicans disagree with. Uh, the Democrats are called the left. 
and the Republicans are called the right. There's a reason for that. In Congress, in Congress, the Democrats sit on the left and the Republicans sit on the right. It's very simple. The Republicans are supposed to be conservative. Democrats are supposed to be liberal. Democrats always vote for their their uh, platforms will be abortion, homosexuality, alternate lifestyles, homosexuality. I guess I needed to explain this before. I'm sure some of you know this. That's the, that's the Democrats. Very liberal, uh, legalized drugs. Anything that is liberal and they can kind of let their convictions go. The Republicans are supposed to be conservative. I used to think I was a Republican until I went out there and got to travel in the churches and I found out they're no more conservative than a monkey. I thought they believed God, but they don't believe predestination. I'd go into Baptist churches all over America, preach. They didn't believe in predestination. They had their Christmas. They believed in accept Christ. They believed in the sinner's prayer for salvation. And I was standing, and boy, I used to be like the Republicans, thinking, well, we need to go to, uh, go to Vietnam, and we need to kill the commies, you know. <laughs> I was one of those way off in right field, right-wing Republicans. I want to get everything right. I turned around one day and looked at the preachers I was preaching for and said, none of them believe the truth. They were pretending. If you're preaching accept Christ and you're preaching sinner's prayer and you got Christmas in your life and you don't believe in daily repentance and death to self, this was, I found out the Republicans were hypocrites. A hypocrite was an actor under an assumed character. They were assuming the character of Christ and they don't believe it today. The Baptists don't. They were supposed to be the conservative people. Well, does that make me be a Democrat? No, I don't believe in that either. There is no government that man can invent that will rule man, period. Boy, that took me a long time. And I found out that capitalism had the same meaning. Capitalism. Capitalism is what our country is built upon. You go out and you start free enterprise. You work real hard. You work your way up and you get to cheating and lying and stealing. Saw a special today on America on the TV watching part of it didn't get to watch all of it I'm taping it I'd like to I want to see what they got to say they were talking about these these uh, men in early America the founders of America they called them uh, can't recall they called them they were heads of corporations like John D. Rockefeller they were killing people uh, Dale Car uh, not Dale Carnegie uh Andrew Carnegie. Yeah, Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie and, and Vanderbilts, they would kill people. They would bring armies in against them, shoot guys down if they went on strike, just kill them.
And I'm thinking. And they thought they could do that because they were ahead of some system. Capitalism means to distribute the fortunes and wealth to the individual. It will say this in Webster's Dictionary. Individual. To distribute the wealth to the individual like railroads, factories, etc. When you look up demon, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N, it means, that's our word demon, it means to distribute fortunes. Demon, and our very essence of our nation is built on demonism. In fact, you can look up eudaemonism, eudaemonism, E-U, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-S-M. That means a good distributing fortunes. Eudaemonism is the very essence of what Thomas Jefferson drafted and built our nation on. You can look that up in Hastings. It'll tell you exactly that. He built it upon eudaemonism. Good demon. Or the word is translated. Well. Fair. What is translated. Now that's the truth. Whether you even want to believe that or not. But it is true. You cannot invent. <coughs> I'm going to teach on this on one Wednesday night when I get off the baptism thing. When you get into what is the best form of government, the Bible tells you in Acts, the second chapter, they had all things common. Common. Common is the word K-O-I-N-O-N-O-S. The word communion is the word K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A, koinonia. That's also the word fellowship. And it's also the word partaker. Now, I'm going to say something here. Boy, when people see this, they're going to say, you're a communist, you're a socialist. Do you know that socialism is the only true Christian form of government? Socialism means to divide everything equally. When you translate this word, kononia, over to the Latin, it is C-O-M-M-U-N-I-S. Communist. The only thing wrong with communism, you can't have Putin... Gorbachev, Khrushchev, any of those guys that are ruling over, it doesn't work in the flesh. That's why we have to take care of the poor and share what we've got with the needy and the downtrodden. Because it doesn't work in the flesh. You've always got some communist head or some socialist leader ahead of it. But when it comes down to the real doctrine of God, it is kononia. Sharing with others, partaking with others, having all things common. 
That's why as I grow older, God has dealt with me. I share what I have with everybody. But you can't just give up to a form of government in the flesh. Amazes me. This is what amazes me. An atheistic nation under their leaders back in the early, during the Bolshevik Revolution, adopted a Christian concept to found an atheist nation, and America adopted an evil, wicked concept of capitalism in so-called Christian nation. It's twisted. Can you see what I'm saying? It's nutty. So if God don't deal with your heart as a Christian to share what you have, you're living in the wrong kind of government. If you can't share and reach out to the... It only works, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, what have I to do to judge those who are outside the church? I don't have nothing to do with them if they're capitalists. What it really amazes me, another thing, when you define democracy, we found, you talk about corrupt, we are a corrupt nation, just as corrupt as Russia. We founded our, our we founded a government on sin. Democracy. D-E-M-O K-R-A-T-E-I-A Remember the word kratia? Enkratia means strength within. That's the word temperance. It means a government, the strength is of the people. When you let people vote for what they want to vote for, what do they vote for? They vote for themselves, don't they? They vote for the man that will promise them the most whether they can deliver it or not. And they never can. Yeah, you can promise the moon and they're not going to pay off our national debt of $20 trillion. It's not, it's not even possible. It's impossible. So we have founded a government. Thomas Jefferson wasn't any more Christian than a monkey. He said he was a deist. A de he and Washington and Ben Franklin, Ben Franklin said he believed there were other gods besides Jesus. He didn't know that Jesus was divine or not. Well, thank you, Benny. That's what I need is your opinion. None of those guys were, they were not Christians. And what in the world, Alexander Hamilton, who started our banking system, said he was a Christian. What's he going out doing drawing a pistol with Aaron Burr and they're shooting at each other? Don't sound like very Christian to me, does it you? It's crazy. Everything that America's founded on is wrong. It wasn't founded on Jesus. You don't find that in the Constitution. You don't find it in the Declaration of Independence. The only thing he put in the Declaration of Independence was nature's God. What's wrong with America? What has always been wrong with America? It wasn't founded on Jesus. It was everybody can be free to have any kind of religion they want to have and believe anything they want to believe. Does God, is that okay with God? If you believed anything other than the word of God when you were in Israel, you had to die for it. 
Are we going to go around killing people? I guess not, because we were founded on the wrong thing to begin with. We were not founded on the Word of God. If we were, we'd live by it. Now, believe it, when you... Democracy means strength of the people, a government... A government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That's what it means. That's what democracy means. When you're for of the people, by the people, and for the people, that's where you vote for yourself. And when you vote for yourself, you vote for the best promises, don't you? You don't vote for death to self and daily cross and self-denial and reaching, and reaching down and picking up the poor and the downtrodden, do you? Have you noticed when you start defining words, it condemns the whole nation? And people are going to say, you're crazy, you're a communist, you're a socialist. No, you're ignorant. And you're willingly ignorant. I've noticed that people just don't care what the truth is. If you talk to a scientist, they'll tell you the truth about a lot of things. They deny one of the things wrong with the Democrats and Republicans. One comes up with an idea and the other denies it. They don't care what it is. The Democrats come up after Al Gore, one of their, one of their leaders, the ex-vice president. After he ran for office, he wrote a book on... The earth is heating up. Greenhouse effect. Greenhouse. And then, so the Republicans say, well, we don't believe that. We don't believe the earth is heating up, even though the Bible says it is heating up. And the Republicans say, we don't believe it. The Democrats are saying, we need to control the greenhouse gases you have three main gases. The sun's not heating. The Bible will say the sun is scorching men on the earth, but it's not the sun heating. It's the ozone. Now, it's not a matter of whether the earth is heating or not. Both of them know it's happening. The Republicans and the Democrats, they know it's happening. You can't say it's not happening. They have an argument about what's causing it, the cause. And the, the Democrats will say what's causing it is the emissions of the factories. And there's probably, as to whether that's causing all of it, we don't know what's causing all of it. The emissions from the factories, from the SUVs, the big cars, they want to say, you need to quit manufacturing those big SUVs. That's what the, Re and the Republicans say. No, we don't need to do that because that's not the cause. We don't know what causes the greenhouse effect totally. We do know there are certain gases. We know that the earth is here. Here's the earth. We know there's an ozone. Ozone. We know certain things come in due to the molecular structure. Methane. Gases. This is some of the most serious. The methane gas. And that 
And when the methane gas comes in, it can't leave again because of its molecular structure. And then when you have water vapor, when the water vapor is trapped in because of the molecular structure, it cannot get out through the ozone. The problem is these chloro, fluoro carbons are burning holes. That's your sprays and the stuff they claim from the SUVs and the factories. They're burning up the ozone with holes in the ozone, and but they can't leave these methane gases, the water vapors, and certain other gases can't leave. So the earth is, you have what they call a greenhouse effect. We're becoming virtually a greenhouse without these gases being able to escape. Well, it is going on. It's not a matter of... And so what's happening... The earth is heating up, not the sun. The sun don't get any hotter. But the Bible puts it that way. It says everything's getting hot. You can go online. I've got a stack of things on that. I go online. And people you believe everything online? No. Everything I read, I evaluate. Everything. It has no answer to it. That's the point. The Republicans say, uh, no, there's no problem. We know there's a problem. The Democrats say there's a problem, but there's an answer. No, to the Democrats, there is no answer. There'll be distress of nations with perplexity. Aporia, no answer, no way out. There's no way out of the greenhouse problem. There's no way out of... The pollution of the oceans. I've got all kinds of things on oceans. I, I read something to you here a couple of weeks ago about how they're dumping all this plastic into the oceans, everything from boats, uh, cruiser, cruise liners. They're dumping millions of tons of plastic into the ocean, and the fish are dying, and the Bible says they'll die. It's It's crazy. The stuff that's going on around us and people are walking around with their head in the sand like it's not happening. I'm here to say to the Republicans, yes, there's a the earth is heating up because the Bible says so, not called Al Gore said so. I was studying the I told you all before I've studied the El Nino factor since before he wrote his book back in the 60s. I was studying El Nino El Nino is, they say they don't know why El Nino happens, but it does happen. I've said it, I'm going to say it again. You can go to any number of resources. Go online, look it up. Go buy books at the bookstore. You can find Greenhouse Trap. You can find all kinds of things on it. They won't, what the Democrats say or what the Republicans say, they say, if it's going on, it's a cycle. It happens every 100,000 years. Well, let me ask you something. If it's a cycle and the earth is heating up because of a cycle, whose cycle is it? You think it might be God's? <laughs> Maybe he's got it timed where the cycle will come around again.
where we are just, you know what, what it's all about? One word, greed. That's it. The love of money is the root of all evil. You know the love of money is the root of the greenhouse effect? The love of money is the root of the pollution of the oceans, the pollution of the air. You go online, look up pollution of the air, and it'll tell you all these people that are dying in California due to the, due to the smog out there. People that don't have medicine and they can't afford it, they're dying in California all the time with, guess what? Bronchial problems, all kinds of tuberculosis, everything that gets in their lungs that they breathe in. Have you ever walked through in Los Angeles in the smog? I have. It's like you've walked into a gas trap. You get out there and the tears are just flowing down your face. You're going, God, how do these people live here? They have a smog alert. You've got to get in and out of it if you've got respiratory problems. And a lot of people are dying because of it. We got smog in Nashville. Did you know that? Ever going into Nashville as you're driving in, and in the afternoon you can see this haze? That's smog. And people say, it's not happening. Yes, it is, but I'm here to tell the Democrats, there is no answer. Hey, Republicans, face up to it. There's no answer. There's no answer. Let me read something here. Most climate scientists agree the main cause of the current global warming trend is human expansion of the greenhouse effect. Warming that results when the atmosphere traps heat radiating from Earth towards space. Water vapor is one of the gases, carbon dioxide, methane gases, nitrous oxide. These are the different gases that's trapped inside and can't get out, and it's making the earth heat up. Now, people don't even have the chlorofluorocarbons, the CFCs. That's what, if it wasn't true, why is it when your air conditioning on your car runs down, and you have to have your gas pumped back in, the Freon. Why is it they have to have a licensed man do that now? Costs you about $250, and it cost about $20 back 30 years ago. And they outlawed it. And they outlawed it without a license. Why is it they took your spray cans and took the fluorochloro, get in a minute, CFCs, they took the CFCs off of the spray cans, and put other forms of it. You've noticed that, haven't you, in the last 30 years? That's why. It's, this is not a matter of argument. This is a sign of the end. And it all has to do with the love of money. They pass laws for these, these uh, companies cannot empty their waste into the sea or into the rivers, and they do anyway. You know that our sewages are, in, are emptied into Old Hickory Lake, and then they put something in there to clean it up. You know that, don't you? I'm not dry. I don't drink water out of Old Hickory Lake. will not. We've got clean water. House. Fred installed it. Metro does the same thing. Huh? Metro does the same thing to Nashville. Yeah. 
I'm not interested in drinking water out of the company, but they put in in chemicals to clean it. I don't care which you want to put up cleaning, but you want to put chemicals in to clean your toilet and then drink out of it. Huh? Recent global warming has been subject of a great deal of political controversy. As scientific knowledge has grown, this debate is moving away from whether humans are causing warming and toward questions of how to best respond to it. There's no response. No answer. Signs that the earth is warming are recorded all over the globe. The scientists will tell you that. The Earth's average temperature has risen more than one degree Fahrenheit over the last century and about twice that in parts of the Arctic. You say, what's the big deal of one degree? How, when, when it takes 32 degrees to freeze water. If you, if you increase the frozen uh, glaciers in Glacier National Park, one degree and take it up to 33 degrees, how much is going to melt? Tons of it. That's why they had at one time, I said this last week, you've, I've read this any number of sources. Robert Taft was the president in 1910. He dedicated Glacier National Park. They had about 158 glaciers. The glacier is a great big slab of ice that covers mountains. Just, you can see it forever. They had like 158 glaciers. We have around 28 now. That's how much we've melted. And all of this ecology, this ecological system are tied together. Let me read some more of this. Let me move this out of the way and say something else. Cascading ecological, economic, political, and social system catastrophes and collapses. These are happening. They say all of these are related. Conflict and war, increased water vapor, rising sea levels, methane is a time bomb. The In Alaska, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. The tundra, you know what the tundra is? That's the frozen ground. They build their houses on it. They've been, the ho been building their houses over it for hundreds of years. The tundra is beginning to melt and get soft. You can see it on there's a on uh, the internet on the TV. If you got Comcast, it's fourteen fifty one channel fourteen fifty one, I believe. But it's about the earth and the various things like that. And they'll show you how these things are happening. Once in a while, you'll see Alaska is melting on there. And they've got trees leaning at 45 degrees, entire forest of trees leaning. They've got houses sinking up to the second story because the tundra is melting. And they said the other night on the TV that in the tundra is so much methane gas you can't even equate how much it is and that it's melting it's coming up and it's killing the ice they have they if you ever watch these species that are they are becoming nearly extinct the polar bear is on the endangered list 
And they say that there's so much of that ice melting that the polar bears can't get on the ice to get to the seals. And they got to have the seals to eat so they can sustain themselves. We got a polar bear shortage. And they have to sometimes swim for 200 miles to get some ice where the, where the seals are. It's, it's a, the warming is causing the animals to start dying. It's causing the fish in the sea to die. And the Bible says over there in Revelation, I'll read it again. Revelation, the 16th chapter. Let me read it again to you. The first angel pours out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a grievous, a grievous, a noisome, or an evil and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood. If you'll notice, these are the same curses that came upon Pharaoh when Moses went to him and said, let my people go. These are the same curses. The sea turns to blood. When the sea turns to blood in our day and time, the fish start dying. They are dying. It became blood of a dead man and every living soul died in the sea. That has to do with our ecology. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. It's talking about the animals in the sea dying, not just the fish, but the animals that depend on the fish, like the polar bear, like the seals, like the walruses. They all have to have food from the sea. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou righteous, O Lord, which art and washed and shall be, and because thou hast judged us. For they have, here's the reason I'm doing all of this Sword, famine, pestilence, beast. Pestilence is disease. Disease comes along with a lack of food and the heat. What does the heat have to do with famine? Doesn't it? If you can make it real hot and stop the rain, like Elijah says, there'll be no rain for three and a half years. Because of the heat, people start dying. Everything is an endangered species in the world, including man. Mr. Uh, can't think of his name, the dead scientist that just died. Hawkins. Hawkins. He said America he said the world only has fifty to a hundred years to live and we're going to go into extinction. Now, he was a scientist. He wasn't a right or a left. He didn't believe God. He went to hell when he died. But he said, we don't have that much longer to exist. We're going to be overpopulated. You say, well, what about the Midwest? They got plenty of room out there. No, they got to have that to grow to feed the people that we have. We're multiplying at a great rate. Let me read something else to you. I don't know if I read this. This is extremely interesting. It's talking about the sixth mass extinction event for much of humanity. This will be caused when we cross the final catastrophic tipping point of carbon 600 ppms. That's parts per million. 660 parts per million 
in the atmosphere about 50 to 70 years from now if we are lucky, they said. And he's talking about it's going to be so bad by that time. But it may be long before that. Like Mr. Hawking said, it may just be another 30 to 50 years. If it's 30 to 50 years, things are going to get really bad in the lifetime of these children. Mass extinction is not new to either evolution or nature. There have been five previous mass extinction events. More will be said about carbon 600 ppm further down the page. How fast it gets worse where we are today and how much time we have left before the above ABC typical global warming consequences begin to, to directly or indirectly affect you, your family, business, our nation depends completely on your current location, where you are. In fact, some of you around the world are already experiencing many of the above seer type A and type B consequences. Type A, it goes into that on the top of this, and it's got melting ice, forest loss, ocean current change, permafrost pandemic, ocean heating, weight of rising seas some of the writers tell us that if the if the we if we keep melting this ice on the polar caps one big i saw that i don't know if some of you remember it a big hunk of greenland broke off greenland is way up in the north atlantic and it's frozen everything's frozen up there about a third of the whole the whole nation broke off and is floating in the sea they say if this stuff keeps happening, we will have a seashore about somewhere around Knoxville. Now you say, Jim, you sound like a doomsday prophet. I am a doomsday prophet. I'm trying to tell you prophecy what God says is going to happen. People say, we don't need doomsday prophets. Yes, we do. We need somebody standing up and saying the end is coming and the earth is getting hot and it's God's it's God's prophecy. He says so right here in the 8th verse of the 16th chapter of Revelation. You know, I've never heard anybody even deal with these. These seven angels have seven vials. They're bowls of wrath upon the earth. They're bowls. The word vial means bowl. The fourth angel pointed his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. It doesn't mean that the sun is going to get hotter. It means that we got a greenhouse effect. It's trapping the gases in, and the, and the earth is getting hotter. I've been studying this and looking at it for years. And then he goes on to say, men were scorched with great heat. People say that's not going to happen. Democrats, Republicans, it's going to happen just as sure as we are. You know why people don't admit it? They just don't want to believe the end is coming. The Democrats say there's a way out. No, there's not. There's perplexity. No way out. That's what the Bible says in Luke 21 25. Men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give God the glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and kingdom was full of darkness. No truth. 
and they gnaw their tongues for the pain. I believe there's going to be a lot of literal pain out there. Now, let me read some more of this. Within 15 to 20 years, life will be regularly become highly chaotic and unstable for those unfortunate individuals and businesses still trying to live and operate below the 45th parallel north or the 45th parallel south. Global warming consequences within that, within that area will continue to increase in severity and frequency and scale. Let me read some more on this one. The generation to slow the escalating 20 worst consequences of global warming, we will cross the near extinction atmospheric carbon tipping point level of carbon, 500 ppm's parts per million. This predicted is to happen as soon as 20 to 25 years from now, somewhere around 2038 and 2042 parts per million if we cross the 500 when we cross the 500 we're in danger once we cross the 500 ppm parts per million tipping point it is almost certain that we will cross this carbon 600 ppm extinction tipping point not too long after that this is the sign of the end of time coming let me read a little more here Carbon, one of the main house, greenhouse gases, and increasing carbon PPM level in our atmosphere is one of the best, if not the best predictor of future global warming temperature increases. I'm not preaching a way out. I'm preaching no way out. I'm not preaching a Democrat or Republican stand. I don't believe either one of them has got good sense. Republican Southern Baptists have proved to me they don't have good sense because they will read the Word of God and not even believe it. On the average, over the last 60 years, for every additional 25 parts per million of carbon that goes into the atmosphere, our average global temperature goes up 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit or about 0.25 degrees centigrade. You say, that's no big deal. How much, how much ice do you think can melt with just a quarter of a degree? If it takes 32 degrees and it just, and it just increases to 32 and a half worldwide, how much ice is going to melt on the caps, on the polar, on the North Pole and the South Pole? This is God's judgment. And you know what it's about? The love of money manufacturing, increasing, learning more, getting more, wanting more, I want more. As of June 2018, we're currently at carbon 411 ppm level. We are also adding another three plus carbon ppms each year. Into the, into the atmosphere as the global economy of the population grows, we're growing at breakneck speed. It's going to get so hot, men are going to curse God according to the 16th chapter of Revelation. We cross the near extinction carbon 500 ppm tipping point in about 25 to 30 years. That's why Stephen Hawking says we only had 30 to 50 years to exist. 
Stephen Hawking, the considered the most brilliant scientist in the world before he died, said that. Said America or the world cannot keep on going. How many boy and he goes on into probable probable we will quickly reach carbon six hundred ppn level tipping point within a little as another twenty twenty five years about twenty sixty three seventy two but even before we reach that it's going to get hot and miserable and isn't it amazing people will curse the heat what they're doing is they're cursing God. Covering more than 70% of our planet, oceans are among the Earth's most valuable natural resources. It goes into and from dangerous carbon emissions to choking plastic to leaking oil to constant noise. The types of ocean pollution humans generate are vast. There has to be so much noise in the oceans for the porpoise, the dolphins to live. They communicate by noise. And they can't do it with all these things that are blocking their noise. When we burn fossil fuels, we don't pollute just the air, but the oceans. To indeed, today's seas absorb as much as a quarter of all man-made carbon emissions. i got to read this. It's interesting. Changes the pH surface waters and leads to acidification which is bad oceans are now acidifying faster than they have in some 300 million years you say, I don't believe in 300 million years I do it's estimated that by the end of the century if we keep pace with our current emissions practices the surface waters of the ocean could barely be nearly 150% more acidic than they are now you don't want acidic so what happens when the ocean's chemistry is knocked out of whack? The coastal economies that depend on them go out of whack too. Take reefs and shellfish for starters to build their shells and skeletons. Creatures like mussels, clams, coral, oysters require calcium carbonate. The same compound found in chalk and limestone but the ocean's carbonate levels go down when acidity levels rise threatening the survival of these animals these crustaceans well, no big deal i don't like them anyway well it's affecting the entire system throughout our world this is about the end of time nothing is going to be cured that's the reason i'm reading this to let you know there's no answer that's what the bible says can you imagine little bitty tiny squeaky mankind a nothing I got a paper that I found that I had the other day and it says if man's body you've heard me teach on on the molecular structure molecules are made of We're made of molecules. Molecules are connected atoms. Atom has a nucleus, and it's got neutrons and protons in the nucleus. Then it's got these, these outer orbits of these atoms. And the outer orbit is called the valence. 
the valence. One of my chemistry books that was given to me by a doctor who's heard me teach some of these things, Dr. Burton Elrod, of the, the orthopedic surgeon for the Titans, he brought me some books because he liked what I was teaching. And this chemistry book says the distance to the nearest to the nearest electrons, these are electrons, these are these are orbits of electrons. And the nearest the nearest orbit of electrons is like a marble being the in the middle of a football field and maybe 50 miles away would be the nearest orbit. Maybe 200 miles away would be the next orbit or the valence. That most of what we are made of is nothing. All there is is space between this. What you're made of is nothing. When the 62nd chapter of Isaiah says, look at that real quick. Look at this. You're made up of nothing. Second, second chapter of Isaiah. See, it takes a little chemistry to understand some of the things that God said. Sixty-second chapter. All right. I hope I hadn't short-term memory this. All right. Not Isaiah. I think it's the Psalms. I'll get it in a minute. Yeah, I didn't forget it. Psalm 62. All right. I knew it was somewhere in here. 62. Look at verse 9. This is a chemical fact in your body. Surely men of low degree are vanity. The word vanity is hebel. It means worthless. That would be, at that time, street sweepers. Today it would be clerks in stores or, or truck drivers or, or somebody that worked a common job. Men of and men of high degree are a lie. That'd be doctors and lawyers. And to be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than nothing. Vanity means worthless or nothing. If you took man, reduced him to the matter that's in him, you eliminated all this space where these electrons are holding together with another with another atom atoms come together and they hook together they combine together every electron in a valence is looking for another atom to bond with their valence so there would be eight electrons total if you got seven here and one here, 
They're looking to bond together to become stable. If you take all of this air out of man, I saw this on the internet or on the TV. They were discussing the body of man. And you took all of your substances in your body and reduced it down to nothing but matter. It would be one hundred millionth of an ounce. You'd get lost on the head of a pin. That's what you're worth. Nothing. Isn't that amazing that God put this all together? Now, let me just... When the oceans are out of whack, all of these animals... Bivalves are at the bottom of the food chain, so these effects ripple up to many fish, seabirds, and marine animals. They'll tell you, I went on the internet the other night, and they said 100,000 seabirds are dying every year due to ocean liners and ships dumping in the ocean. Do you think that's healthy for us? I'm not on a crusade to clean up this. It's not going to happen. I'm trying to tell you this is happening, and nobody has the answer for it in human flesh. It's not going to be dealt with. You actually think you can control man's desire for money. You'd have to control men's desire for money to cure this. You'll have to be able to cure First Timothy, the sixth chapter, the love they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and the many foolish and hurtful lusts for the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root of all of our problems in the world. It's the root of our air pollution, our water pollution. There's distress of nations with perplexity. It's not going to happen. If the Bible's true, it's not going to happen. Trash in the ocean. I ain't got time to read that. Noise pollution. The ocean is far from a silent world. Sound waves travel farther and faster in the sea's depths than they do in the air, and many marine mammals like whales and dolphins, in addition to fish and other creatures, rely on communication by sound to find food, mate, and navigate. But an increasing barrage of human-generated ocean noise pollution is altering the underwater acoustic landscape, harming and even killing marine species and worldwide that's what he says here that the sea is going to die and it's going to be full of blood and that's what happened with Moses wasn't it deafening seismic blasts disrupt foraging mating and other vital behaviors and endangered whales the blasts lead some commercial fish species to abandon their habitat you see, the fish are smarter than you think they are. They're talking about ocean pollution and you, and there's no answer. What I'll tell you what bothers me. People will use their internet to play games, but not look up information. All kind of scientists, they'll... You look up national debt, can we get out of it? And the best brilliant minds in the world will say no. 
we're limited. We're coming to the end of humanity sometime in the next hundred years. Could be 30 or 40. You say, Jim, are you some authority? No, I read these scientists and they'll tell you. Science kind of looks at Democrats and Republicans and says, what's wrong with you guys? Like, it's happening. If nothing is happening, why is there this big argument about it? Has anybody seen any space creatures landing in your yard? Are you arguing with anybody about that? No. Why are the Democrats, the most powerful men in the world, are fighting over this? Like it's, well, if it's happening, it's not our fault. Well, it don't matter whose fault it is, it's God's cause. When you look back over here at the 8th chapter, at the 8th chapter of Revelation, you know why all this is happening? We started off the message. It's happening because of one word. One word is the reason it's all happening. God will not put up with this. We think we can get by with this. It's the same reason God brought sword, famine, and pestilence upon Israel. said, I'll bring your enemies in against you. They'll kill you by the thousands. I'll do that. That's talking to to Brittany before church. She said, here, all these Philistines coming and killing Israel. They killed them because they were disobedient to God. Oh, Mary's been reading the history of Israel out of the Bible. She'll come into my office and say, they, they keep doing everything God said not to do. Well, so does the world right now. They've got every doctrine in the world. One word will describe why all this is happening. One word in the Greek. Falling away. The dead with Lord will not come except to come a falling away first. Falling away is the word apostasis. Y'all know that word. You say, that scares me, Jim. It's, I want the end to come. I look forward to Jesus coming. The reason I can preach this is Christ's coming is a thrill to me. To get to die in the next 10 years and go be with him. I want out of this insane, crazy world. I'm tired of it. You won't get tired of it till you get old. But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the preachers lying about God. And this is why all of this is happening. Apostasis. Apo and stasis. It comes from apo and stasis. It means a removal of standing upright. And from stasis, we get some other words. You get the word staros, which is the word cross. There has been a removal of the daily cross in the world's life. There's no daily cross going on. If you crucify self, you're looking out for others and not yourself. The reason they dump into the oceans, the reason they're polluting the world, the reason the greenhouse gases are going on is because of man's hunger and greed and his love of money. So the preachers preach 
They don't preach death to self. They say, you have a right. And you're important in God's sight. And he wants you as a, as a child of a king to have everything you want. We don't care if we do burn up the atmosphere. We don't care if we do pollute the oceans. We don't care what, as long as you can have what you want. And men, what did Paul say to the Philippians in the third chapter of Philippians? He said, men hate the cross of Christ. He could have said, because they love their own selves. Same thing when he said, they hate the cross of Christ because their God is their belly. Belly was an Epicurean term. The Epicurean said all that matters was when it comes to your spirituality was what you could do to fulfill self. It was all material. Isn't that what their manufacturers that's polluting the world? You know what just occurred to me? What's that? Israel wouldn't let the land lie fallow. They wouldn't. We're doing the same thing. That's the right. Same. But they were, Israel would not would, would not partake of their sabbatical years. They said, Moses, if you think we're going to take one year out of every seven and not plant the land and not reap. You're out of your mind. And it took that in God's ecological system for him to fill up their storehouses, to fill up their fields, to fill up their womb with healthy babies. If they weren't doing what really amazes me, if they weren't doing this, their crops were terrible after so many years, and they're having bad crops, and their babies are sick and dying. It wasn't so much that God would just kill them. You're not planting right and feeding your babies right. Do we feed the world right? We talk about GMOs. You know, he gave us this earth to live on it, to take That's care right. of it. And we've done the opposite. That's right. We're doing the same thing Israel did. We will not crucify self. Our God is our belly and our mind. He says, the reason men hate the cross of Christ is their mind is on earthly things. The word mind, phroneo, means your sentiment, your thinking. is on gay. Gay is the word dirt or soil. The reason we have a greenhouse problem is because men are greedy and they want things made of dirt, which is everything they see. Isn't it? You know what this is? This is common objective thinking. It's all it is. It's real objective. Men refuse to be objective. Objective means to rely completely on the facts. Subjective, if you're subjective, then you go with what the popularity thinks, what the popular vote is. Well, we think, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, and I think that that's what it is. You're ignorant to think Democrat or Republican. You can't do that. And that's all we've got in America. It's like, well, one of these guys has got the truth. The Democrats are the Republicans. The Republican is a, he is a, 
King Cobra, Cobra, and the Democrat is a black mamba. Now, which one of these would you like to sleep with tonight? Huh? And over to that end of the universe is truth. You don't think they give you one of two and one of them has to be right? Where'd you get that? I, I don't even understand men's thinking when it comes to that. I've felt that way since I was a little kid. What makes one right and one wrong? One looks real religious. We're Republicans and we're conservative and we believe in Jesus. No, you don't. And then the Democrats say, well, we believe in liberal and let everybody be Buddhist or whatever they want to be. Well, you're wrong, too. Who says that we've got one party in America that's got the answers? Have you ever noticed Republicans think can't see one good thing about any Democrat and the Democrat can't see one good thing about Republicans? Isn't that crazy? Yet you'll hear something on both sides of the fence that makes sense. I don't believe in Republicans or Democrats, and I'm not ever going to vote for a black mamba or a king cobra again. I will not. People say the less of two evils. You know what the less of two evils is? I've said this a thousand times. The less of two evils is the evil that so-called Christians will vote for, and it's the worst of two evils. I think if true believers was to quit voting, but there ain't many true believers, just few in there. Now, what was I? Look here in Revelation 8. I've never heard anybody preach on these judgments of God in Revelation 8 or Revelation 16. It's talking about the seven, same seven angels in Revelation 16 that have seven vials. When you look back at Revelation 15 and 16, the same angels, chapter 15, verse 1, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, and seven angels having seven last plagues. They're going to pour the plagues upon the earth. And you mean there's heat on the earth that men are going to curse and it's the earth is not heating up? Our only answer is to get face down on our faces before God. If you're looking for a sweet little message here at Grace and Truth, you won't get one. Our hope is not God wants to bless you and give you a wonderful life and give you an abundance of blessing. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, have lots of cars and money and things. Go tell the people in Bangladesh that. Tell the people in Calcutta, India, a million of them are lying in the streets, starving and dying. Go tell them that. Just be positive. Chapter 15, verse 1. Seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And one of those plagues is the earth is going to heat up and the fish are going to die. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast and over his image. This is verse 2 of chapter 15. And over his mark and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass and have the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses and the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are the ways, thou King of saints. 
And it goes on into that 16th chapter. And the same seven angels have the bowls or the vials of the wrath of God. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven to these seven angels, what are those? The seven stars in the right hand of Christ in the first chapter. And the seven angels are the seven pastors or the seven messengers of the seven churches. Seven being the number of divine refinement. And then verse, and the, go your way and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. These are vials of God's wrath, the seven bowls that they pour out. Maybe you don't want to hear this, and people watching this on TV think, boy, that guy's crazy. <laughs> no, the world's crazy. Everybody is bent to a prejudiced view of everything. You can't hardly read a book without getting the writer's prejudice view. I told somebody the other night, I said, when you read, you've got to read with a very objective mind. Pull out the facts, leave the rest. I'm not talking about the Bible. And these judgments are going to fall. And the verse went and pulled out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noise of grievous sore. That's pestilence. And the earth is, and the water is turning to blood. That's pestilence. The famine, all of these are tied together. When you get into Moses, Exodus, the, 17th, the seventh chapter, verses 14 through 24, you see the waters turn to blood. Exodus 9, 8 through 12, you see the boils or the sores of verse 2. You see the same judgments that God brought upon Egypt here. And back here in in chapter 8, verse 7, the first angel sounded, and there fell hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And you go to Exodus 9, 8 through 12, and you see the same thing when Moses pronounces it upon Egypt. And he says down here in verse 8, and the second angel sounded as it were great mountain burning with fire. That's Babylon being consumed with fire or perhaps heat at the end of time. And was cast into the sea and a third part of the sea became blood. You see that in Exodus seven thirteen through 35. Moses' pronouncement upon Egypt. And the third part of the creatures, verse 9, which were in the sea and had life died and a third part of the ships were destroyed. The ships were a picture of the deliverance of all the goods of the Euphrates when it's blocked up. And the Euphrates of the world is the commerce of the world. It's the marketing of the world. It's going to dry up. It has to dry up with all the nations of the world teetering and tottering on bankruptcy. You say, Jim, that sounds like a doomsday message. It is. And it's coming to the world. Why can I preach it so easy? I'm old. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm tired of the world. I'm tired of living in a world that doesn't believe God. I feel like Paul. If I have hope of things in this life, only I of all men most miserable. Things will not satisfy. Whatever it takes to, the emissions it takes to manufacture all this, 
won't bring the world happiness. I have a desire to part and be with Christ like Paul told the Philippians. I have a desire to part and be with Christ which is better than anything I've experienced here. I look forward to dying. I'm not going to live that much longer. We're going to pay for all these comforts. That's right. I've said this so many times. Mary said we're going to pay for all these comforts. America's got too much money. Too much credit. We're losing it because we owe we owe more money to Japan than we can ever pay, and to China. We don't know how to manage our money. Huh? We do not know how to manage our money. Well, that's putting it very lightly, Ken. We don't know how to manage our money. That's very lightly. Because we're full of greed. If you noticed, the Bible connects with everything that's going on in the world. I hope... Somebody sees this on TV and says, you know, I'd rather somebody get mad at me than be blasé. Well, so what? I'd rather say that Jim Brown, you need to kill him. Like they did Jeremiah. I feel like Jeremiah. I've run out of time. I've got so many things to say about our economy. But when you start talking about it, one side of the other says, well, that's not true. There's a way to cure this. The Democrats will say there's a way to cure it, and then the Republicans will say we don't have any problem. They're replying against God. They're, that's what they're doing. They're replying against God. Well, I'm not through, but maybe I'll come back next week and say some it's more. Happen. You might as well. I like, I've always liked the truth ever since I was a little kid. Give me the truth. I don't care how much it hurts. I want the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, give us the ability to say things that will challenge the believers to live right for you. Thank you for your words. Most of all, thank you for the comfort of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that's within us, knowing that we have a future with you, and we can believe your word. Deal with our hearts. Crush us under your hand. Because self has to go. That's the problem with the world today. Same thing with Israel. We just want self and stuff. Crush us under your hand. Fight our battles. We'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. There was an article on the front page of Fox News that an iceberg twice the size of New York is breaking loose in Antarctica. Really? When was that? Today. Really? Yeah. An iceberg twice the size of New York. Twice the size? New York. Broke off from where? It's about to break off from Antarctica. Ain't that something? Yes, sir. I just thought it was ironic you talk about that. And I, uh, I saw that That's funny. I'd like to get a copy of that. I sure will. I'll, when I get home, I'll print it out. Print it out and get it to me. I'll bring that out. I'd like to see that. Like you say, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. I couldn't see you, but I saw it kind of a tag with you.
Can I see the article you read? Huh? The one you was reading about the PPM. It's right there, I think, on top. It's. I got some. Wait a minute. It's. I got it. It's one of these here. It's not up here. It's over there or over here. I think it's one of them over there. <laughs> Here they is. Starts in here. Y'all, you can go online and print it once our story and the latest global warming facts. He's printed online. It goes in here and tells you all of the things that's affecting, that's related and kin to it. Okay. Job one for humanity. Huh? Job one for humanity. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Huh? Just trying to get by. What I hate is y'all's kids are going to have to grow up in this. I'm doing my part. Got a metal instead of plastic. <laughs> doing your part. Yeah. I love you too. Yeah, we're going to reverse this thing. Okay. <laughs> it, there's, there's so much on the internet, and these are not stupid people. Who, you can't believe everything on the internet. Well, I know that, but most of these are scientists. Yeah, this is the good Incredible, you know, at times. You can go to a Google Scholar, and then you'll get like all scholarly articles that have been Google Scholar. I hadn't looked at that. Yeah, just type in Google Scholar, and it's a, it's a division of of uh, Google, but it's like what they use for research. Yeah, like real research, college level. Or you can look up scientists. Just Google scientists' view of global warming or scientist view or scholarly view of of uh, overspending or whatever you know but if, it, if, it, if it's from like Google Scholar it's like official it can't be like fake news yeah well yeah. a lot of these are scientists and they know what they're talking about I mean PPM how are you gonna come up with PPM you know they say we got over 600 PPM, we're in bad danger. And we're at 411 right now? Yeah, but we're supposed to be at 500 by the mid 30s. But it could speed up. We don't know what's going to happen. Like one of the writers, I've got a book called Greenhouse Effect by two scientists, a man and his wife. They say our ecological system is like a boulder on top of a mountain being held up by a pebble. When that pebble comes out, we don't know when it comes crashing down how bad it's going to be. There's no way in a laboratory to experiment and find it out. So our ecology is going to come crashing on us. But when it rains, it pours. It rains on the just and the unjust. We'll be in the middle of it.
And I'd rather be facing it and facing it with the Lord than not facing it all. And these guys, Democrats and Republicans, are kind of stupid on both sides. They don't think God has anything to do with it. Here I am thinking, afraid of the sword. Evil men, but you got to be afraid of the atmosphere. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to live in Well, they're not going to believe it's God. They're going to curse God or curse the heat, not knowing it's coming from God. And I have never heard anybody deal with the 15th or 16th chapter of Revelation ever. And I've heard 500 preachers in my life, or a thousand. Never heard anybody deal with it because they don't want to. It upsets their apple cart. They like it when movies like you know, uh, Left Behind come out because then that explains things for them. Yeah, they get taken out. They get taken out before the tribulation, and everything's going to be great. Knock your door. Well, the tribulation's here now. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Remember how you said the judgments have always been, or do you say the beast has been right? Well, the, 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 the judgments have always been here, sword, famine, pestilence. And the beast has always been here, but at the end of time, it's going to get worse and worse. That's what the Bible says. I look forward to it because of my age all the heartbreak I've been through, all the preaching of truth I've been through, and it gets I get so discouraged every day I get up and look out the window and think, God, people out there don't believe you. I don't know why you don't just blow America up with a bomb, including me. Get me out of here. Hmm. I look out at the world every day thinking that. I just don't have a lot of hope for the world. I used to have dreams, have no dreams. I know that this church is never going to be huge. You're not going to have a big mega church at all preaching the truth. It's not going to happen with Spanish speaking either. It just won't happen. If it does, you're not doing right. You can't tell the blunt truth and get good response. It's just not going to happen. You're going to get hatred. That's the way it works. If you want to serve God, be hated. That's the way. It's just part of the call of God. I mean, look at the front of, of Fox's Book of Martyrs. It shows you how all the apostles died. One right after the other. That's our... That's our legacy and our plight in life, to be killed by the world. If you want to be a Christian, it's what it's about. This is not a message of God loves you like Billy Graham. Just come and accept Christ. Have abundance of life while the world is dying and we're four, half, four and a half percent of the world's population. Back off about 300,000 miles in space and look at the world. Devastated. You know that. You've been in Ecuador. There's nothing good going on in the other parts of the world. If we're close to the end of time, this is it. Buckle down. Get on your face. And live godly and righteously. That's our only hope. But we have each other. We have each other. We can, we can love one another 
And that's why we don't need to be gossiping about each other. We only have each other. We don't need putting each other down. We need. I don't care how weak the next person is around you. Lift them up. 